0: This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Our scripture readings found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Look what it says. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people <laughs> from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Isaiah said 700 years before, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they're gonna call his name Emmanuel, being interpreted. God is with us and Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. Look and he called his name Jesus. (laughs) Let us pray God we want you to be glorified speak to us and through us and for all you do we're going to praise you for i pray this prayer in christ's name for jesus sake amen you may be seated i want to talk to you about the man jesus called daddy the man jesus called daddy i heard about a guy one time he said he and his wife got into an argument (laughs) He actually said these words he said pastor Benny my wife and I had words he said I just didn't get to use mine (laughs) listen there's a man in the Bible and there's not one record of him saying a word there's not a record of this man literally saying one word in the Bible but he's the only man in the entire Word of God, that Jesus called Daddy. His name was Joseph. His name was Joseph. Not one record of him saying anything. Now, listen, we don't know a whole lot about Joseph. We do know this he was a poor man. He was a very poor man because after Jesus was born, and the 40 days of purification had to pass. A lady if she had a baby for 40 days she was considered unclean listen this if she had a boy 40 days she was considered unclean if she had a girl for 80 days she was considered unclean so after 40 days the purification takes place and they go to the temple and normally a family who had means would offer up a lamb but if you were a poor family which they were you could offer up, according to Luke 2.24, two turtle doves, which they did. I want you to understand something. They were just a, a poor family. He, he was a carpenter. He was not only a carpenter, but he was the son of a carpenter. Matthew 13 and 55 tells us that if you were a carpenter, ladies and gentlemen, it was an occupation that you were somewhat looked down upon. We don't know a whole lot about joseph we know he was poor we know he was a carpenter but we know there were 250 million people on the earth and god chose him god chose him and i've often thought how did he feel when god chose him i I don't think i have the words probably to tell you but i I think this song probably gives us a pretty good idea of maybe how Joseph felt. I'm sure he must
1: have been surprised at where this road had taken him, because never in a million lives would he dreamed of Bethlehem and standing at the manger he's with his own eyes the message from the angel come to life and Joseph said why me I'm just a simple man of trade and why him? With all the rulers in the world Why here inside this stable filled with hate? Why here? she's just an ordinary girl. This is such a strange way to save the world.
0: My mother used to say that actions are louder than words. And I want you to know something. Even though Joseph never said anything, his actions said volumes. I I want to give you five things that we learn from the only man in the Bible that Jesus called Daddy. The first thing I want you to see is this. I want you to see his relationship with God. His relationship with God. See, why, why did God choose him? Well, the Bible tells us in verse 19 that he was a just or he was a... Righteous man I'll tell you why I believe God chose him because God knew in his sovereignty. He could trust Joseph to do what's right He could trust Joseph To do what's right and I want you to know something God is still looking for people Who'll do the right thing? God is still looking for people who'll do the right thing second Chronicles 16 and 9 says this for the eyes of the Lord, for the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect or committed toward him are loyal toward him. God is still looking for people to do what's right. See, there's two types of righteousness. There's positional Righteousness. When you come to know Christ, when you come to know Christ, God gets your sins and we get His righteousness. We get the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For He made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. See, there is positional righteousness that we have as a believer, but then, ladies and gentlemen, there's practical righteousness. What is that, Pastor? It's simply doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, reputation's what other people think. But character is what we really are. Amen. And I am convinced that if, if we will take care of our character, God will take care of our reputation. <laughs> if you just take care of your character, just do the right thing. There's a verse that's often misquoted. It's in 1 Timothy 6 and 10. It talks about in 1 Timothy 6 and 10, I've heard people say that uh, money's the root of all evil. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says it's the love of money. It's, the, it's not wrong to possess things. It's wrong when things possess you. No, no, it's it, 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 it's not. Money's not evil. Money's neutral. It's what we do with it that makes, whether it's positive or negative. But you know, the Bible says that The love of money is the root of all evil. But then he jumps down in the next verse and he says, follow after righteousness. What's he saying, ladies and gentlemen? He's saying, do the right thing. My biological father used to say that a dollar bill is the best yardstick for measuring the integrity of any individual. It's doing the right thing. Years ago, I went to hear a great speaker speak. He was a a war general. His name was Norman Schwarzkopf. They called him Stormin' Norman during the Desert Storm War. And Stormin' Norman was going to teach us leadership. And I remember I had my pad and I pulled it out. I wanted to learn from this great general. I wanted to get my pail under his whale. And he said there are not but two rules of leadership, only two. He said, number one, always do what's right. And he said, number two, when in charge, take control. I'll tell you what I've learned. I'll tell you what I've learned about Joseph. He had a relationship with God. There's a second thing I want you to see about Joseph. Not only did he have a relationship with God, but his reaction to problems. (laughs) His reaction to problems. Chuck Swindoll said life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react. See, we talk about, we spend a lot of time talking about acting like a Christian. But folks, we not only need to act like a Christian, we need to react like a Christian. (laughs) Even when we're driving, we need to react like a Christian. Amen? We need to react like a Christian. And here's what Mary says, Joseph, I'm gonna have a baby. I'm going to have a baby. Now, now let me explain something. In biblical days, marriage was a threefold process. There There was the spousal choice. For the most part, the parents chose. The parents chose who their children would marry. For the most part. So, that was the first phase And then there was the betrothal phase. That was the engagement phase. You said, Pastor Benny, it's just like an engagement period, isn't it? No, no, no. It's far more serious. It was a one-year period. There could be no physical relationship. And in order to break a betrothal period, there had to be a divorce. And then, of course, there was the marriage. And Mary says in the betrothal period, when Joseph knew they had had no relations, I'm a child. I'm a child. And I've always been amazed by how Joseph reacted. He reacted properly. Now here's what I'll say and I'll go to the next point. Always remember this. Those closest to you will test your relationship with God more than anybody else. Those closest to you will test your relationship with God more than anybody else. You say, Pastor, I want to I be a good Christian at work. I want to be a good Christian in the community. I want to, hey, hey, come up real close. If you can be a good Christian at home, you can be a good Christian anywhere. <laughs> because the most difficult place to be a good Christian is being a good Christian in the home. But we need to be a good Christian in the home. Joseph had some options. Do you realize he could have stoned her? He could have had her stoned because adultery and fornication was a capital offense. And by the way, folks, I know it's 2021, but it still breaks God's law. He could have put her away publicly, he could have gone on Facebook and said, I'm not the daddy. everything else is on Facebook amen I'm not the daddy oh I got a bunch of likes on that I got a like <laughs> but he was minded to put her away privately his relationship with God his reaction to problems but there's a third thing I want you to see about Joseph that's his respect for Mary his respect for Mary it's in verse 19 he didn't want to make her a public example his respect for Mary you know uh, what I'm we have here at Rock Springs Church with the school and church and the clinic and everything we have they was telling me a few weeks ago said pastor Benny we have 205 employees 205 employees. That's why I'm totally gray headed. 205 employees. And many times when I'm interviewing somebody, if I'm interviewing a pastor, I'll say, Can I take you and your wife out to dinner? He'll say, Yeah, sure. He's wanting the job. He'll do whatever, you know. And he say, Sure. And you say, Pastor Benny, why do, why do you do that? Because here's what I've learned. I can tell a whole lot about the man by how he treats his wife. I I can tell a whole lot. I, I, I can tell a whole lot about the man by how he treats his wife. Now, get this, folks. I've never thought about it in this light before. But I've never thought about it in all my years of preaching. I've never thought about it in this light. The Bible says in that verse that he didn't want to make her a public example. Now, now you've got to understand, folks, in verse 19, the angel hadn't been to him. In verse 19, the angel hadn't been to him. In verse 19, he thought she had been unfaithful to him. In verse 19, he thought she had messed up. But even thinking and believing she had messed up, He said, I don't want to make a public example of her. I want it to be private. How many times, folks, people mess up and then we want to tell everybody. We want to tell everybody. Oh, come on. I know where I'm preaching from. We do it, we do it in code. We do it in form of a I just want to tell you about her so you can pray about it. I've got a Greek word for that. Hogwash. No, no. He said, I don't want to make it public. I don't want to make it public. Something's wrong with the church when we shoot our wounded. And when people mess up, we want to do everything in our power to make it public. And by the way, this is woven throughout the Word of God. The Bible says this, Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. I didn't say that God said that but something happened with Noah after the flood (laughs) he got into the grapes (laughs) I mean do you you folks ever read the Bible I mean he got into the (laughs) juice. years ago I preached a message the use and the abuse of the juice He got into the juice. And listen, folks, when you, hey, hey this is all I'm going to say. I'm not, I'm not trying to, lie. I'm not some preacher that believes if somebody has a drink, they're on their way to hell. You know, I'm not, I'm not that preacher. I, I'm just not that preacher. You say, Pastor Benny, or, or, do, do you drink alcohol? No. And, and, and here's, I was around it all my life. So, I mean, you know, raised up in it. Right. Yeah, I, I just, It's just not me. I, I, but I'm not, I'm not got some stone throwing at somebody. But here, can I be real practical? I read that an ounce of alcohol kills 10,000 brain cells, and I thought, goodness, I need all I've got. Amen. (laughs) But look, Noah got in the juice, and before you know it, he was naked. I'm serious. I'm just preaching the Bible, folks. He got in the juice and ended up with no clothes on. And the Bible says Ham goes in, his son Ham goes in and ridicules his daddy and comes out and ridicules him by telling his two brothers. And Shem and Japheth heard the word. Get this, folks. They put a blanket on their back shoulders. And they walked into the room, not to see their daddy naked. And then they just covered their daddy. And the Bible says this, Ham was cursed, but they were blessed. We better be very careful about trying to make somebody else's sin public. We better be very careful about trying. Hey, by the way, I could preach an entire series on what I'm preaching on right now. Yes, it's relevant. It's relevant. Uh, Don't nobody drop your head. I'll let you know when we're going to pray. It's it's relevant. (laughs) Let me tell you the fourth thing I pick up from Joseph. (laughs) His receptivity to God's plan. His receptivity to God's plan. Verse 24 says this. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. You know, when I've learned it's difficult to listen to God, and when I've learned it's difficult to obey God. There's two times in my life when I've learned. I've just been real transparent. There's two times in my life that I've learned it's difficult to obey God. It's difficult to listen to God. Number one, when we've already made plans. It's hard to listen to God when I've already got my mind made up. It's hard to listen. Somebody said, i gotta, I got to find the will of God. The first step, ladies and gentlemen, and the most important step to finding the will of God is when you're just open to God's will. The second time I've learned it's difficult to listen to God is when God's plan doesn't make sense. Because i got to be honest with you, God's plan a lot of times won't make sense. Why do you think the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart? And lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Like, I don't try to explain God. I just say, folks, we just, we're just going to trust him. Donald Gray Barnhouse said he was preaching a revival on one occasion. And he said, the pastor's wife was great with child (laughs) and he said that it was the first child so that pastor was so nervous and he would kid him each night he'd kid the little pastor and he said he went back like on thursday night to preach and the pastor wasn't there and he said i preached and service ended and he said basically everybody was gone i stayed and shook hands with everybody and he said the pastor came in the side door and he said i need to talk with you donald It's not good. He said, what do you mean it's not good? He said the baby was born. But the baby was born with Down syndrome. And my wife knows. But I don't know what to say to my wife. Donald, you're older. You've been through some things. Tell me what to say. He said, you tell that wife, this is of the Lord. You tell her this is of the Lord. He said, well, Donald, I sure will, but but I, I need some scripture. He said, Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Who made man's mouth? Or who maketh the dumb? Who makes the deaf? Who makes the down syndrome? Or the seen?" Who makes the blind? Have not I the Lord. Have not I the Lord. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to obey God when God's plan doesn't make sense. But I want to report to you sometimes God's plan won't make sense. But we just trust him anyhow. Now, I, wanna, I want you to see the last thing, his revelations for the future. God revealed some things to Joseph about the future. And I think they're important revelations for us also. The first thing I want you to see that God revealed to him is he can do miracles. <laughs> he revealed to Joseph in verse 20, Joseph, I want you to understand, I know you've not been with Mary But the Holy Spirit has overshadowed her. (laughs) And the Father is God. Friend, I I just want to tell you today, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what anybody's going through. But I do want to remind you that our God can do miracles. (laughs) Because Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And if he can do it yesterday, and if he can do it in the future, ladies and gentlemen, he can do it today. He can do it today. You said, Pastor Benny, I can't get victory in this area of my life. Yes, you can because he is a God of miracles. Let me tell you the second thing that Joseph was revealed. Joseph learned that he's not only going to He's not only your son, but he's also your savior. (laughs) He said in verse 21, get this, Joe. He shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. I'm so grateful it didn't say in their sins, but it said from their sins, from their sins. This, oh, pastor, this vice, this hold on me, I, I just can't overcome it. No, you can't on your own, but you can through the power of Jesus Christ. You can through the power of Jesus Christ. You know what Christmas is about? Christmas is about John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'll give you something to think about, folks. In that verse, you get the gospel. You want the gospel? It's in John 3:16. For God so loved the world. Wait, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You want the gospel? (laughs) There is the gospel that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You want to know what Christmas is about? That's what Christmas is about. You know what I learned, folks, as I was breaking this little 25-word verse down? (laughs) The first 12 words... Have everything to do with God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten. The first 12 words, ladies and gentlemen, have everything to do with God. But the last 12, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The first 12, have everything to do with God. The second 12 have everything to do with us. A holy God and a sinful man. A holy God and sinful man. But what connects us? The son. What connects? This holy God with sinful man. That's what I'm trying to talk to you about because that's what Christmas is all about. That Jesus Christ came for sinful man to connect us to a holy God. Let me tell you one other thing and I'm done. Stick a fork in me. The last revelation that Joseph gets is this. He is coming to be with us. He's coming to be with us look what the verse says a virgin shall be with child and bring forth a son and shall call his name emmanuel which being interpreted is god is with us here's the only encouragement i have today i have some encouragement i realize that we're in different seasons of life i realize there's people that will get together as a family this year and There'll be family members that won't be around the table. I realize we have people that are physically struggling, sickness, emotionally, mentally. I'm not some delusional pastor. But here's what I want you to know. No matter what you're facing, Christmas is a reminder that God's with you. That he doesn't abandon us when we go through hard times. God's with us. When that child's tearing her heart out, God's with us. When our marriage is not going well, God's with us. (laughs) When your husband walks out, or your wife walks out, or your child can't seem to get better. What magical words do you have, Pastor Benny? I don't have any magical words. Other than the fact that God is with you and God hadn't abandoned you and God's gonna see you through this that's what Christmas is about As he came to be with us thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church if you would like more information about Rock Springs be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.